What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. It's Wednesday, November 4th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. The election this year will also mark the end of an era for the media, and things will change no matter what. The media has revolved around the president for the last four years, and the pandemic has advanced the new landscape digitally by years. There will be a wave of retirements in places like the LA Times, Washington Post, and even the New York Times. Battles over free speech and censorship will also continue when it comes to big social media platforms. Ben Smith, media columnist at the New York Times, joins us for how the media will be changing after the election. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thanks for having me on. After this election, there's going to be a lot of interesting things changing for the media. And really, no matter who wins, the landscape has been changed throughout these last four years of President Trump's presidency being attacked as fake news, a lot of distrust in certain ways, but he's also kind of made these legacy media great again, so to speak, to use his verbiage. You know, he's put so much emphasis on them and such a spotlight on them that really they were booming. Business was booming in that sense. So Ben, you wrote an article about how it is the end of an era for the media, no matter who wins. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing and what's going to happen after this election. Well, I think, you know, you had a situation where, as anybody knows, people are consuming media on their phones, not sitting down on the couch and watching broadcast news anymore. And I think Donald Trump's obsession with things like CNN, like the NBC nightly news, kind of kept them more relevant than any expe- anybody expected them to be. The same is true, by the way, of the New York Times and of the Washington Post and places like that. Just that there was a, um, you know, Trump's personal obsession with these legacy media kind of kept them in the center of the conversation that there was always a time limit on that. And 
I think just, you know, you're already starting to see a recognition among the particularly the big broadcasters that the future is going to be digital and that they've really got to figure it out and take it seriously and can no longer and have to stop thinking about themselves as television channels. I mean, it's a very hard transition that they've been putting off for a long time. I think when you look at the big newspapers, one of the really interesting things, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times in particular, all of their editors in chief are on the way out the door over the next months and year. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, because that's an interesting shift right there. People that have been in these posts for so long are going to be leaving soon. Depending on who comes in, that's going to change the landscape again and how we cover presidents, how we cover just everyday occurrences in life. So all that's going to change. So tell us a little bit about what you're hearing on that front. I think there are really two different things going on. One is that you have a generation of leaders who really, you know, are newspaper men. Marty Barron at the Washington Post, Dean Bacay at the Times, and uh, Norman Perlstein at the Los Angeles Times, and who really oversaw a fairly painful transition from newsrooms that were print newspapers to digital brands. And those transitions, at least at the Post and the Times, are close are getting close to being complete. And there's an opportunity for new leaders to come in and really fully inhabit this new world rather than having to manage transition to it. And then I think, right, there are these big questions around does the media pull back toward a more sort of conservative, just the facts, ma'am, approach than under Donald Trump? I think it was so much of Trump's politics were directly about attacking these big media brands. There wasn't much choice around engaging him. You know, it wasn't just that he was lying, it's that he was lying about us and making us the focus and pulling us sort of into the arena. And I think there's a question, which I think is not at all a done deal about whether these institutions try to retreat back more toward traditional roles or whether they try to kind of like lean into this more engaged posture that, by the way, maybe drives digital subscriptions a little better. And I think that's a big question that I don't really know the answer to how it comes out. You mentioned a little bit about how the big media giants are going to have to really complete that transition to digital, things like that. But on the other side of those things, social media and the big social media giants like Twitter and Facebook and all that, they've been coming under a lot of scrutiny recently about censorship, things like that, especially on the conservative side. And there was a term that was coined by somebody that you mentioned in your article called the attention wars and kind of basically all these different outlets grasping for your attention and everything. So how do these social media giants fit into this? You know, I think the sort of wide open kind of wild west era of Facebook and Twitter is, is and YouTube is really ending. And they're coming under sort of political pressure to kind of clean up the platforms, which means, by the way, marginalizing voices that had been unconventional means if you're looking for a conservative voice on YouTube, increasingly you're going to find Fox News, not some random YouTuber, for better or for worse. And if you're looking for a liberal voice, you're probably more likely to find MSNBC. And I think there's also sort of a wave of regulatory pressure coming that's going to make them more responsible for things, maybe not for everything posted on the platform, but for things that get wide distribution, for things that go viral. And it's not something Americans pay a lot of attention to, but they're under a lot of pressure in Australia and in Europe. And I think because the U.S. traditionally doesn't regulate these platforms and is very, you know, does not regulate speech, that doesn't mean they don't have to operate in other parts of the world. And I think the practices that develop there tend to kind of bleed back into the U.S. And I think I think that is really ramping up. And there's, there's just a whole bunch of different factors that are pushing them toward a more controlled ecosystem. It doesn't necessarily mean censorship per se, that things are going to get deleted. I think it means it's going to be harder for you or for me as an outsider to come in and try to make a message spread on these platforms. And what is going on in Australia and the European Union? Obviously, these companies operate across all these countries. So are these countries making specific laws that are regulating them that then in turn impacts the way we do it? Or, you know, what's going on there? 
Yeah, you know, I think we in the U.S. have had this sort of philosophy of, wow, these new technology companies are so amazing and magical that we don't want to regulate them. We want to let them flourish. We're not going to treat them like normal businesses. We're going to let them do whatever they want. And I think there's an argument that that did help them become these dominant world global forces and incredibly vibrant American businesses. But in Australia, they're saying, well, Google's a monopoly, just like a railroad or like a port. And they put a guy and they assigned a guy who's spent his career regulating railroads and ports to like figure out how much they ought to pay to use the content of news publishers and things like that. And in Europe, they're, you know, they're saying, well, if like if Google News is going to take a headline from a newspaper, they should pay for that headline. And that's stuff that is sort of unthinkable here. But there, they don't really see any reason to treat these tech companies any different from any other company. They're just making some laws and demanding they follow them. One last thing that I wanted to ask as well that you mentioned in your article when we're talking about all these different types of media now, even pay for media, there's a place called Substack, which you mentioned is kind of like a Twitter premium where people can kind of subscribe to journalists, their favorite journalists or whatnot, and continue to get their newsletters and their content. How does this figure into the future of media and how it'll be changing? As these big social media giants sort of consolidate and make it harder for independent voices and outsiders to cut through, you know, whether those are really creative, interesting, constructive voices or people spreading hate. Meanwhile, there are these tools that allow individuals to go direct to their consumers in a, in a way that isn't controllable, I think, by the big central platforms. And I think you're in Substack, an email newsletter platform is one of those. But they're just technical tools now that allow you or me to start a newsletter, start a video channel. And if we have a lot of people who like our content to get paid doing it, and, and it's sort of easy now in a way that it used to be hard. I think you'll see you know, both big stars and kind of knit people who have small but passionate followings start to go that way. Well, everything's going to change after the election. We'll see how it all plays out. Ben Smith, media columnist at The New York Times. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. 
Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.